Cinema Oddities, Late Night Movies with Rob, Ben, and Zach. This is a podcast about cinematic oddities where we discuss any media that is too bizarre, abnormal, or off-kilter for contemporary audiences. Occasionally, these projects gel. Most times, they crash hard into the realm of obscurity. Join us as we delve into the cult classic swamp. I'm Ben. And if you don't stop with your Bible shit, I'm going to set you on fire. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh runner up uh honorable mention i uh i had to go with that one i love that line i think that's one of the only good lines from this movie um another one i wanted to mention though is i feel like i'm missing something in the research that there's something i'm not seeing uh that's how i feel about this movie ben there's something i'm not seeing <laughs> there's a lot of things we're not seeing it's it's a rough movie. Um, it's really rough. <laughs> there, I, I, I will give it that there are some moments in this movie that are funny. Sure, sure. A handful, sure. A, han- a handful of moments that are funny. I don't know that this movie was supposed to be a comedy, but it was like some kind of weird blend between a comedy and an action movie, I yes. guess. Yes, yes. Yeah. But overall, kind of hard to follow this movie. Well, well, I think that you just kind of hit the nail on the head is in saying that you know this is some weird blend between an action and a comedy. We are of course here to finish up the Shane Black series. So Ben and I on our Patreon, so patreoncom cinemodities, Ben and I have covered the other 3 Shane Black movies, which are Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Iron Man 3, and The Nice Guys. This is his most recent film. This is the movie that uh, kind of, you know, got hacked up. I have a lot of context that I want to I want to talk about, and I think this movie is misguided and, um, you know, maligned for a very specific reason. But Shane Black is like an action comedy dude. And, you know, because Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and The Nice Guys are both crime capers that are a great blend of noir and comedy, right? Absolutely. This seems to be like just so muddled muddled might be the best way to put it right (laughs) yeah so there's a lot of um there's a lot of mention of like the predators trying to to strengthen their evolutionary line and and like all this this various thing about like autism being the next like superpower or something and it's just like deeply offensive (laughs) uh it's 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 being uh, it's like it's trying to be very intellectual in a way that it is not at all intellectual yes, yes and that i find very boring I, I i wouldn't say that it bothered me uh in from like a fundamental level of being like offended at how about how, how like fake intellectual was sure it just it wasn't doing a good job at being fake intellectual and i it didn't do a good job at hooking my interest in terms of like why do i care what the predators are doing with the humans you know, yes. and there was never any point where it was like, oh, I should actually care about this. There was there were no stakes to it. A- absolutely. You, you are 100 percent right. And I think that there this movie has way too many ideas in it that are not fully fleshed out in comparison to when we talked about Wendell and Wilde that had way it was bloated. And I think that they actually tried to expand on those ideas in Wendell and Wilde. Uh, shout out to Keegan-Michael Keyes in both of these movies. Um, this was just bloated with ideas that were almost like cut short at every single turn. Every single edit that the movie made, I felt that the movie was just on to a new thing, if that makes sense. Yeah, and not only were they cut short, it's almost as if they took time out of it so that the the main military dude, um, I don't know his name, Oh, he's a, he's a guy McFace. He's just a, he's just a generic dude. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ge- the 
Oh, not McKenna. Not not the. Oh, not McKenna. Not, oh, okay, okay. No, on on the opposing side that like kidnaps McKenna's son. Oh, Sterling Brown, the yeah, my okay. favorite performance in the movie. <laughs> they they gave him like they cut up this movie a lot to give him lines that were like supposed to be funny, but they were also redundant. I think he is the only person in this movie that is dialed into how stupid this movie is. <laughs> I agree with that, and I think some of his lines are delivered really well, and I think some of his lines are, are don't fall into that redundant category. But like one in particular, whenever they're mentioning like the the dogs, they're like, "Oh, you don't want to know what this is?" He's like, "That guy's a hunter. He brought his dogs," and it's like we've already established that this dude is hunting the other guy and yeah. that he has dogs. <laughs> and I was like, "What?" Like obviously, I know it was the other character group that that we established that in, but like the audience doesn't need to see that again. And that line's not very funny. No, you're you're absolutely right. It's not funny, but I think that he's delivering it with such like a plum that you know he he knows how stupid it is. That's why I think he's dialed in. I mean, he's the one earlier in the movie when Olivia Munn goes to the um the research laboratory where they have the the predator, the first predator sedated, and he's like, "This is the predator," and she goes, "This isn't a predator. Like, this is a sports huntsman." He goes, "Well, we voted, so fuck you. Predator sounds cooler." <laughs> And he, like, laughs to himself, and I'm like, he knows <laughs> oh, how stupid this movie is. <laughs> there are multiple times he laughs to himself, and th- they are all pretty great. I, I uh, love it. I, I think Sterling, Sterling K. Brown is a great actor, um, and like I said, I think he's the only one who is dialed in to how dumb this movie is. <laughs> yes. I, so I actually also have to take uh, a little bit of what, like, I, I, have to, I, have, I have to like take issue a little bit with the fact that they say it's not a predator. Okay. So, like, a predator kills to survive, uh, sure. and we typically think of predators as killing to eat, but we don't know the conditions that have made these things search the uh, the galaxy for stronger mutations. Mm-hmm. They very well might be fighting an increasingly hostile environment, so they very well might be killing to survive. How uh, – this is I'm, – I'm glad you say that because this leads me into something I wanted to ask you. How familiar are you with the um... – predator franchise since like the 80s with predator with arnold and type of stuff you know not at all okay okay is is this the only one you've seen have you seen like alien versus predator or i have seen alien versus predator okay okay and was there another one alien versus predator requiem or something yeah there's like eight movies in the franchise or something like that because there's predator there's predators and then there's like alien versus predator alien versus predator requiem I think there's, like, weird alien movies from the 90s that also have, like, predators and, like, post credit scenes and stuff like that, you know? Oh, wow. Um, so they, they've been all over the place. Um, so there's a lot of lore, and I've, I've seen most of them. I don't think I've seen Alien vs. Predator Requiem. It's not good. Uh, it doesn't sound good, you know? It's not something I'm interested in. <laughs> um, but, you know, there, there's, like, this notion of the lore of this creature, the Predator, um, that they do stick to in this movie, like the fact that, you know, in the um, the opening kind of battle scene when the Predator becomes unsedated, doesn't kill Olivia Munn. The Predator, like, never kills women and stuff like that. So there is, like, an established continuity. And speaking of which, of Shane Black, of course, who directed this movie, wrote and directed this movie, um, he's in the original Predator and wrote it as well. Uh, I think he gets his head blown off at a certain point. <laughs> Oh wow! I didn't. I didn't know. Yeah, that's kind of the reason that he like got brought back onto this project because it was like, oh, you know, he did it so well in the original. Let's get him back on board, type of thing. Uh, so the, what about the thing about them 
So I'm sure that the thing about them taking trophies, like the spines as trophies or something, I'm sure that that's pretty yes. consistent. Yes, taking trophies is 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 there. The um the searching for like the next evolutionary step, never, never before, as far as I know. Okay, um, I I do remember an alien versus predator. Uh, when one of them like kills an, an alien, it like picks up its acidy blood finger and like carves a number in its arm or something if i remember right or maybe it's on its mask or somewhere i think in alien versus predator the the woman like helps him kill an alien helps him when i say him i mean the predator i don't know i'm I'm sorry i'm I'm gendering to predators um but like then the alien like uh, sorry the predator like burns her face with a like a war wound or something like that in in a sign of respect like it's there there's lore there this movie just doesn't seem to care about a lot of it <laughs> yeah i mean i i don't know that this movie cares about much of anything um no so ben i know we might be jumping the gun a little bit as i've mentioned we've discussed all four shane black movies we're in the process of discussing the fourth one um we've done them in chronological order this is the worst would you agree <laughs> by far um by far i did not think i was going to say this Iron Man 3 is miles better than this movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. And I'm not a Marvel person. Um, yeah. So I've already mentioned Sterling K. Brown. I, I'm going to jump all over the place because this movie jumps all over the place, and um, that's just how it's going to go. I think Sterling K. Brown is very good in this movie because, like I said, he's dialed into how stupid it is. I think there's another performance that's really good, and I actually want to give some credit to Shane Black. Olivia Munn is really good in this movie. and That's what I figured. Say, uh, he does not cake her in makeup. I think when there are women in these movies, you know, the, the token female, you know, forgive me if that's uh, offensive. She's the only woman in this movie. I mean, who's the other one? Um, McKenna's wife, who has like two oh, scenes. Yeah. You know, she she's not a, a real character. The fact that they keep Olivia Munn so out of makeup is very interesting to me. Did that stand out to you? Yeah, she definitely looks um, plain isn't exactly the right word. But like you said, unmade up like she's. She looks normal? Yeah, that... yeah. She yeah. she looks like, you know, a scientist. She's just like, I don't really, right. like, I'm not dolled up. You know, I'm not, like, shot in the face. It's like the Simpsons Marge makeup gun where Homer has, like, a shotgun filled with makeup. And it right. shoots it at Marge, and she's all, like, you know, she looks like a clown, basically. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is what most of this movie these types of movies would do when you have the token female they'd be like oh well she needs like deep red lipstick eyeliner you know her hair needs to be all gelled up and olivia munn just looks like you said normal (laughs) yeah yeah she looks like a regular person uh gotta shout out to uh charles cambino texting with olivia munn hoping that she'll give me some Uh, she is very attractive uh with or without makeup absolutely ben do you know who who olivia munn has a kid with no John Mulaney. Really? Yes, they have a child together. <laughs> I did not realize that they were involved. Uh, so there's hope for... Point. I was about to say there's hope for us. Ben's already married. There's hope for me. I'm a fat, ugly man that has nothing going for me other than my comedy and my autoscope that looks in people's ears, you know? <laughs> uh, there's hope for me, Ben. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised by this, that she's... A, like, John Mulaney was married until recently, and then he... Well, I don't know how how recently. He got divorced. Do you know if it was pre or? I think they had their kid in 2021. Okay, so it was post. Yes, more more recent. Uh, because Olivia Munn was dating Aaron Rodgers of the uh, Green Bay Packers oh, for many years. Um, that's right. But yeah. then I think they broke up, and uh, and then of course John Mulaney, uh, John Mulaney 
you know, got his hooks into her, I guess is the best way to say it. Do you, do you know if they're still together? I think they are. I think they are. Good for him. Yeah, good. Yeah, absolutely. And here's the other thing. There, there's probably no hope for me because John Mulaney's a good-looking dude, you know? <laughs> uh, John Mulaney's a good-looking 12-year-old, I uh, guess. <laughs> right on, right on. <laughs> no, John Mulaney's funny as fuck, though. I think... That's it. As far as I can go with good performances in this movie, you have Sterling K. Brown as the um, and, and Olivia Munn. They're both you scientists. You didn't think the, the the bullies calling the kid Asperger? You think that was a good performance? <laughs> when they're just like, I want to eat some ass. I could go for a nice juicy ass burger. Do it. <laughs> are the teachers in that opening scene when they pull the fire alarm and Jacob Tremblay, the the, the main character's son, is played oh, by yeah. Jacob Tremblay, when he is freaking out, hiding in the corner because the sounds are too loud, where the fuck are the teachers? Like, isn't it the teacher's, like, job in a fire alarm situation to, sure to get, get all get the students get out, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, my God. This movie's so fucking dumb. Uh, Jacob Tremblay is easily the worst performance in the movie the autistic kid you tell me whenever he shakes the mask at the bullies after he blows up a house that that you didn't think that was a good that I, was a good performance i kind of have to say him blowing up the house with the predator mask i have not laughed that hard in a long time <laughs> oh yeah that was some funny shit um there like you said there's a handful of good moments uh but jacob tremblay I know I've said this to other people on this podcast. I don't think you and I have ever talked about Jacob Tremblay. Uh, the one time we did was on the Hoosh episode because he's the little kid in Before I Wake, one of the Mike Flanagan movies that I watched that you didn't. Oh. He he sucks. Like, Jacob Tremblay is a horrific child actor. I do not think he knows how to carry screen presence, if that makes sense. <laughs> and then giving him in this movie, giving him, like, massively autistic like he's not just a, he's not just a quirky kid in this movie he is massively mentally handicapped right yeah don't 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 do that do not do that don't give somebody like this like i don't care how good of a child actor people think you are i mean it's like it happened once Haley joel osmond playing you know the icy dead people kid in sixth sense which is not like a mentally handicapped role, but he had to be awkward and quirky and weird. And Haley Joel Osment pulled it off. Don't think you can do it again with a different kid, you know? <laughs> um, I, so I'm not one to, like, beat up children um, or, <laughs> or, you know, make, make however accurate critiques of their acting abilities. Ben won't I, go one-on-one -on -one with a kid. He'll go, like, one-on-40 with kids, you know, but not one-on-one. <laughs> Uh, yeah, with 40 kids, they might have a chance. No, I, I don't. His acting's not good. I, like, I'll give you that. Like, it's it's not great. It's uh, it's not good, even. the Some of the stuff he did with the autistic, like, you know, uh, rolling around. Not rolling around. Uh, like, 
I know what you mean. Walking yeah, back and yeah. forth and like clapping his head and shit. Like some of that was delivered well. He, he has like, he does this thing where it's like he can't open his hands fully. And so he's like half fisting and rubbing his ears a lot. Like, yeah. it, it's really strange. Oh, and, and some of that comes across as, as like those could be genuine tics. Uh, outside of that, I mean, what else is he really doing? I guess he, he has a few spoken lines. I don't know. It, it's It's not good. No, I'm with you. It's very much not good. And I think that the reason I find it so unlikable as a performance of a uh, an autistic child or a mentally handicapped character is one that, you know, I think Ben knows this and I think our cinema audience knows it. I'm not one who's like, you know, oh, my God, if, if you have an autistic person it needs to be played by an autistic person, you know, um, I love when it happens. Think of Kira Allen in run like she's in a wheelchair in real life and that gives that performance a lot of depth but i'm not somebody who says oh you know you need like when we talked hush hoosh sorry again like kate siegel's not deaf in real life but she played that to the best of her ability i think that when jacob tremblay plays this autistic person he is doing the bare minimum in that he's autistic when he needs to be like, that, like in this in the scenes where he's rubbing his his eyes and he's saying uh, his ears and he's saying things like you know oh blah 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 mom you know whatever the fuck he says I wrote none of his lines down I'm just like okay you're doing it because Shane Black is telling you and like now in this scene you're really autistic and it's like no get the fuck out of here you're either autistic or you're not <laughs> so that's that's what i'm i'm gonna push back with is like that some of this has to be directing right yes absolutely like yeah so i agree that as the actor like as an as an actor you would expect an adult to take ownership of the fact that their character should be autistic and to insert little ticks and things like that throughout the performance sure but this is a child and there's a good chance he doesn't even want to be there. His parents are forcing him to do it. They're stealing all the money. Like, you know how, like, <laughs> children's stars are not, they don't have a good life, typically. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. So, like, I don't know. How much can you expect from from Trimbley Trimbley? Nice. I'm when, uh, Trimbley, you know, Trimbley, he's I'm not like being that. told uh, <laughs> what to do. So, if, if you know, I, I think I think whenever you're dealing with a child, like, you have to expect they're not going to take ownership of the role in the way in the way an adult would most of the time. Yes, yeah. And that you need to be directing them all of the time. You you are 100% right and I think that um getting to that notion um the directing of this character of Jacob Tremblay not only in the directing but also the storytelling the fact that our introduction in that fire alarm scene in the school very early on in the movie what like minute 7 or something like that maybe minute 17 cuz I think the war stuff happens first. The way that we are shown that this autistic child is so smart is that he remembers where all the chess pieces were. Yeah, on boards he couldn't even see. Boards he couldn't see? And I think this is a major failing of Shane Black and the directing. I don't know if you picked up on this, Ben. There is a quick moment when he, when Jacob Tremblay picks up all the chess pieces from the floor. When he is putting them back onto the boards, he puts one in between two spaces. Like, there is a pawn that goes on the border between two spaces. So I'm like, oh, so this kid is a moron. 
Either that or the people who were playing chess were playing it wrong. Uh, <laughs> Tremblay remembered that's that. A good, I like that call. J- Jacob Tremblay's like, these guys are fools, but I can't mess with their board, you know, that type of thing. Gotta put it back the way I found it. Um, but no, there there is 100% a shot where he puts a pawn on the line between two different colored spaces, and I mean, it bothered the shit out of me. <laughs> that's pretty solid. Um, I think that's, that's, that's good writing. It, only insofar as there's no fucking way he knew where all the pieces were supposed to no, go. A- absolutely not. There, that so. I mean, but that that's why I find it so upsetting and bothersome is that you know th- this movie is one. I think it is truly offensive to say, "Oh, autism is the next step in the evolutionary chain." I do think there's a problem with that. I think that is that is diminishing a real thing that people have and have troubles with their daily life dealing with by using it as a movie trope. I think it's worse when the movie doesn't give it full credit to that extent. I mean, the idea near the end where it's like Olivia Munn going, the predator, he doesn't want you, he wants your son. Why? Because your son's autistic, you know? And it's like, come on. I... I don't know. Did you feel as deeply upset by this notion as I did? <laughs> uh, no, not not beyond. I don't. I don't think I felt as deeply upset. And I. I think the reason is like I. I look at this and I'm just like, well, this is kind of idiotic. Um, okay. okay. I, I can. I can kind of get on board with the idea. It's like okay, uh, and and something something kind of relatively similar is that uh, depression is very akin to a, an introspective state that one enters whenever they are problem solving. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so there is uh, some kind of argument for the idea that depression is actually something that evolved naturally. And it just like, it's actually a disorder when it's, when it is taken too far by the evolutionary process. And that's, I'm not saying that's true. It's just a thought that has been, you know, uh, looked into to some degree. I don't know how much. Sure. And so whenever it comes to somebody being like, oh, autism, it's like it's it's a particular adaptation taken too far. Like I can get on board with with that. Like that might be a thing that it's an adaptation taken too far to then say, like, well, that's the next step in evolution in the evolutionary chain. It might. I mean, in some sense, it is. Uh, it's just maybe not the next good step in the evolutionary chain because uh, yes. the evolutionary chain is full of steps. Or Well, it, well, OK, let's say the, the chain to where we are now is full of good steps. Uh, there were a bunch of ba- uh, branches that didn't make it very far out to the side uh, along the way. Like that's the entire point of evolution. Yeah, it's more of a of a like a, a decision tree than a linear, you know. Connection. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. So to say that it's the next step in evolution is like, well, maybe it is a next step in evolution, and and maybe that is something that we're experiencing is that there, are, you know, there's this prevalence of of some this thing that's that's you know autism uh, is what we've named it, mm-hmm. and that that is an evolutionary trait i think that's where my problem lies is that if the movie went in that direction and we had some notion of the predator and the the super predator with dogs that comes in later on the movie if they were coming to earth to find these different you know changes in the human genome type of thing that would be interesting but the movie literally just says it flat out like this is the next step in the evolutionary chain you know? Well, I, I I expect that if anything, <laughs> well, no, I guess the predator does say he's he's a true warrior or something, which is stupid because he's a child. Um, <laughs> yes, but 
I, I mean, I, I guess I'm not sure what you what it is that you're saying would have been the the better way to go about it because I don't know that it, that there is a good way to go about it. No, a- a- absolutely, I'm with you, and that's why I think you know the the original Predator from the '80s with Arnold is Arnold Schwarzenegger is one of the most highly respected movies because it's just oh, there's these soldiers in the woods and they encounter this creature that's the perfect hunter, and how does a human fight against that type of thing? You know, mm-hmm. it's very simple. Why add on this nonsense of like, oh, the predators are trying to adapt to our DNA and, and, and I mean, even Sterling K. Brown has this thing about, you know, oh, like climate change is going to take over or destroy our world and they're looking to inhabit it. And it's like, you don't need any of that. Just just make it a simple like every other predator movie, every other time the predator has existed, whether it be in just a movie with the predator or alien versus predator, the predator just wants to hunt for sport. Why change that? That's interesting enough. It's a it's an intergalactic killer. Let's just like follow that idea. Why do you need to make it? Oh, it's now needing to adapt to how we've damaged our climate and stuff like that. Like, come on, that's stupid. Uh, well, okay. So I agree that that the way they did it is stupid. I I do think that the idea of a species that is out there taking parts from other species is could be an interesting story. Sure. And I and I think, you know, for them to like the whole thing about about the two generations. till we destroy the planet. Like that's some goofy shit. Anyway, <laughs> two generations is like 60 years. Yeah. Um, so like they're saying, like in 60 years, the planet's going to be unlivable. I, I mean, scientists have been saying that since, you know, fucking forever. I know. Isn't it, a, isn't it from like I think like 1985, there was a Time magazine cover story that was like the climate is changing. We will not be alive in 10 years. Type of thing. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's, it's probably been every 10 years that they've said it was going to be in 10 years exactly. since then. Um, I, not to underplay that there's, there are things that we could do to, to better respect our climate, et cetera. Sure. sure. Um, but the idea that, that this species is feeling some kind of like, uh, feeling un, what under the hammer a little bit to like, to, to really get down here and, and increase the frequency that they're visiting to, to find the things. It's like, well, why didn't they find them the first time they were here? Cause they don't like, yeah. Why, why do they need to come back? Um, so many times if they're like, how many, how many different evolutionary traits you're running into in humans in over the course of what? 30 years, exactly. 40 years. Yeah. yeah. Not very many. And, and you know, is, is it, is autism the thing? It's like the, clearly in the first movie, they were going after like the, the most elite warriors or something like that. Right. Like, soldiers in the jungle um it's like obviously they they want like the most elite fighters exactly. uh, of the world yeah. and i i think in the movie predators which is from like 2010 or 2011 i probably am very wrong on that year but in predators it's like it takes place on a different planet like the predators have captured humans and brought them to hunt on their planet and it turns out that like the people they brought to hunt are all like serial killers and stuff like that you know sure and and that's interesting that's like okay they're looking at humanity and going like oh this is a a defect in the human brain that makes these people want to kill let's fight them you know uh, I mean, I don't even know. I don't. I don't even think I would go so far as to say it's like a defect that makes them want to kill. It's like these people are effective at killing their own kind. Let's see if they're if sure. they're a worthy sure. match. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Okay. Um, and I, I think that that's kind of the the general idea of what you would expect if they're just like good, uh, you know, sports hunters. Is like let's let's see if they can put up a fight, kind of thing. And I I think you know there there's an argument that could be made 
that what a good fighter looks like over time changes as like, I don't know, maybe you can find a way that intelligence becomes particularly useful in a fight against a predator, which I don't know that it would, mm-hmm. you know, since predators are very physical in the way that they encounter you. It's like, what, what's your intelligence going to do? Um, maybe you built a suit before the predator came for some reason that doesn't make sense. Sure. I, I think I think you're thinking of uh, since you haven't seen it um, in it's like in the climax of the original movie. Arnold covers himself in mud to okay. like shield himself from the uh, thermal like vision of the predator okay, type of thing. Sure. Yeah. Right. So so it's more I mean, about I'm... like understanding how this other creature his technology works so you can use that to your advantage. Exactly. So like. But but even still, it's like throughout throughout this entire process, like it's always been from the sound of it, it's always been elite warriors. It's always been the people who are likely to put up the best fight, whatever the the jump to the the evolutionary farming uh, or whatever it is that you want to call the gathering that they're doing. It's like, okay, maybe I buy that. Maybe they maybe they want to take DNA from the strongest things from every species across the galaxy. It's a little weird that they're taking things DNA from things that they are killing effectively sure. and trying to use that to make themselves stronger. Like I find that to be a little bit of a strange premise. But then to jump from like looking for elite warriors to looking for this one autistic kid, like I don't I don't buy it. I'm I'm with you. I think this movie should not have included Jacob Tremblay as this autistic child and him being like the goal of this super predator. Like just just fight the the ragtag group of, you know, mentally ill soldiers that we follow for most of this movie, you know? That like, would have been pretty, why, pretty decent. Why go a step further than that? Have, you know, oh, like, these soldiers are, you know, you got the one who's, um, you got Nebraska, uh, the uh, the black guy who's, you know, he, he shot his CO. Him. You got the Tourette's dude. You got Keegan-Michael Key who's just, you know, dealing with his trauma by making, uh, cracking jokes and stuff like that. You got the religious guy. Just... Just do that. Do a ragtag group of soldiers that are outcasted by our species, humans, and make them fight the Predator. The Predator would be like, what's so special about this group of soldiers, right? Uh, well, I mean, so so that's that's another thing is like the the premise or the the instantiating event or the instigating event for this movie is is that what this one Predator wants to help humans. So it's come down here and de- trying to deliver a suit. And this other super predator wants to stop it. Something like that. I so like my wh- eyes were so glazed over after like fifty minutes into this movie. <laughs> so I mean, it, it, I I agree that you can t- do what you've said and and make this more of just like a predator versus ragtag army crew. Like that that's probably a, a a solid enough movie. Basically, just make it the first predator movie again, but in a different environment with slightly di- you know different characters, maybe yeah. even really different characters. You'd have to do away with all of that, which felt like it was leading towards a sequel of, pre- you know, humans with this suit fighting predators kind of thing. Oh, sure, sure. Um, so it looked like they were writing this for the possibility of there being a sequel. I don't think that you need to include so much for there to be a sequel to this because, like, the predators can always just come back. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think in, like, every Predator movie, the main Predator, like, does die at some point, you know? Right. So yeah, yeah. We, we know it's a species. It's not like we're seeing the same predator for the last 40 years, you know? <laughs> uh, I mean, you make a compelling point. Like, they were trying to do something different, and it really fell flat. And I, I guess I, I, I do want to give them a little bit of credit for trying to do something different. Uh, but at the same time, I feel like they should have thought about it for more than four minutes. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, and 
like I don't know. Let's see. Like, what can you do with this? Like, if you really wanted to make this a thing where they're like hunting down, you know, the the best species in the galaxies. Like, I don't know. Maybe maybe they're coming here for for a prized human uh, specimen, and they like what want to take a specific athlete or something. Sure. And yeah. then that specific athlete has what ex ex paramilitary bodyguards or something. So then you get that encounter. It's like maybe we get these like goofy loony uh army people if if you want to do comedic relief oh like i don't sure and then, and, then, yeah. and then like to put a twist on it it's like okay so maybe the ship that's here is has not yet delivered its other uh specimens to to home so like then at some point those can break out and those are also their own kind of fucked up dangerous yes like you can really go somewhere with that i think i'm picking up what you're putting down there's there's a better version of this movie in if for some reason, the predator one, we should only have one predator. The existence of the super predator in like the last thirty minutes is fucking stupid to me. Um, I think we're gigantic. I I think that we should have one predator. It should come down to earth and go. Everybody idolizes Tom Brady. Like Tom Brady yeah. is clearly humans like most perfect specimen. Or Chuck the Norris. Predator, I mean, or Chuck Norris, anybody, yeah. you know. Yeah. Just choose a celebrity. Make it goofy, yeah. fun in that way. And yeah. then when the Predator comes the down, rock. The Rock would be a great oh example. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that would be dumb, but I mean, The Rock should... No, that should, would be like, fantastic. Because then The it Rock be, It would be fantastically straight. dumb, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but then the Predator comes down and tries to steal The Rock off of Earth, and you have this ragtag group of ex-soldiers that are now like private security guards right, right. Yeah. that would be so that would be so clean and so fun <laughs> yeah definitely clean i think is is the and then like if, you know for the third act twist or whatever you you get the release of the other species or maybe that happens at the end of second the second act you get the release of the other species from from the ship and it's like oh shit like the predator has lost control of the situation and now the things that he <laughs> yeah previously hunted down are can work against him kind of thing sure and it's like uh, and then I don't know. Maybe the humans work together with something briefly to then be double crossed by it or, or whatever. Like it doesn't have to be that involved. No, absolutely simple, simple and clean. The Kingdom Hearts song, simple and clean, uh, simple and easy. That's all this movie needs to be. It does not need to be this fucking discombobulated. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, um, I, I I have to mention. I just wrote this line down. I, I don't have in my notes where it came from. I think it might be like an hour into the movie or something like that. I had to write it down because it is one of the stupidest fucking lines of dialogue I've ever heard in my life, Ben. He grew an exoskeleton under, under skin. his skin. Yeah. <laughs> then it's not a fucking exoskeleton. That's right. I think I nearly broke my television watching this movie when I heard <laughs> that line. That is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. Oh, yeah. Well, like I said, pseudo-intellectual. What's the big one, Doc? Is that like the male? You didn't even get a shit about us. Just want to kill that thing. <sighs> you, you saw that, right? Guys! Did you see that? He, I mean, he grew an exoskeleton under his fucking skin. What are they hunting each other now? Uh, like they're trying to, like they're they're throwing out words that they think are intellectual, and they're, they're right. Just, well, and that's that's even more disappointing because I think it's Olivia Munn that has like three PhDs or something. 
Like Olivia yeah. Munn is not a stupid person. No, no, not. Oh my god, he grew an exoskeleton under his skin. <laughs> I, she she had to have thought that line was funny as she was delivering it. Like, uh, yeah, it's it's one of those moments where I'm pretty shocked that uh, you know, they got a solid take out of that line yeah. reading. You know, <laughs> like. If she had said it grew armor under its skin, perfect. I don't know how she knew that, but Fine. yeah, perfect. Yep. Yeah. It Calling grew... it an exoskeleton. Oh my god, Ben. Yeah. Oh my uh, god. I was under the skin is like the the one place exoskeletons aren't allowed to be. It makes me irate even talking about it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty rough. Um, I, I believe like that's when they 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 first encountered the super predator with its dogs and it just killed the original predator yes yes and they're yes. like it doesn't even care about us and then she's just like oh my god it's so super <laughs> um and then that's yeah that's where that line comes in that's that's pretty stupid a- absolutely okay so we've we've said a lot of negative things about this movie i do want to give it some credit i think there are like we like you said earlier a handful of decent scenes. <laughs> um, I I want to mention, I think it's a Keegan-Michael Key line, because what, Nettles is the one guy in the ragtag group of soldiers that's religious, and after they first encounter the Predator, um, Nettles says something like, oh, it's like, it's like a creature from the Bible or something like that, and Keegan-Michael Key says, it's from the Bible? That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. It's a space alien. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, Good line. Keegan-Michael Key's a funny dude, and he's used to some good effect in this movie, right? Sure, sure. Uh, one, one line that sticks out to me particularly, um, there's there's some setup where where uh, Trembley Trembley um, asks his dad, he's like, Mom says you're a killer, and he says something like, I'm a soldier, and he's like, well, what's the difference? And he's mm-hmm. like, well, you know, I don't enjoy killing. Uh, and then later, uh, they have been, like, kidnapped by somebody, and, and McKenna, the adult McKenna, says to one of his captors like as he's taking him down like I- i'm gonna have to apo- or no before he takes him down like i'm gonna have to apologize to my son and the guy says for what and then like during the the struggle he's like uh for lying about about enjoying this or yes. something and yeah. i was like that's that was pretty solid like that was pretty badass sure sure yeah th- i mean you know you can feel i think now you know when i say you i mean you specifically ben having you know watched all the other shane black movies you can tell that his sensibilities are there, you know? Like, he has that that quippiness. I mean, I think that's why Robert Downey Jr. in, like, Iron Man 3 and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang works so well, because Shane Black knows how to write the quips for somebody like a Robert Downey Jr. It's just mm-hmm. kind of a shame that whoever plays McKenna, Guy McFace, as I called him, he's just a generic blonde man, he doesn't have the quippiness that Robert Downey Jr. does, you know? That's true, but I—I I mean, I that particular line that I just mentioned, like I—I I think it, it comes across as like funny and badass anyway. Sure, uh, sure. Even with with maybe a lack of like the best delivery it could have, but I definitely it definitely got a chuckle out of me. Oh no, absolutely, absolutely. Um, uh, I really like. I think when Nebraska is first introduced, um, uh, on the bus when McKenna, adult McKenna, is put on the bus, uh, he's McKenna says something like, you know, why are you here? And he says, uh went to, what, Iraq, and he says something like, went for the Taliban, stayed for the opium. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a good yeah. line. That's a solid line. Definitely. Um, s- some jokes that kind of fell flat uh, from, like, Ke- Keegan-Michael Key to uh, Bexley, I think. And he's like, they, and, and I, maybe that was the point, but he's just like, what's the difference between, uh, what is it, 
Five Dicks and a Joke. Oh, Five Black Guys and a Joke. Uh, oh, right. Five his black his, guys mo- his mom can't take a joke or something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. So, like, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of like just straight up like set up punchline jokes like that. How do you circumcise a homeless man? Kick your mom in the chin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like that one's actually kind of funny. Uh, I I have to agree. I I uh, I. Uh... I, I don't feel good about laughing at it, but I laughed at it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they're 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 juvenile, I would say. Yes. Juvenile is a really good way to put it. Yeah. Absolutely. Some of them are, are kind of OK anyway. Um, probably my my favorite gag in the movie. It's a visual gag. And I think it might be my favorite because it's not like pointed out or, you know, there's no like a, there's no like double dialogue to really explain what happens. It's when the um the predator holds up the disembodied arm and the guy in the driving the truck is like is everything good back there. Oh, and yeah. the predator holds up the thumbs up with the disembodied arm. I'm like that's fun, you know. <laughs> that was that was pretty goofy. I, I like that as well. There's another line. Uh, what what'd you say his name is? Uh, Keith Sterling Brown. Oh, Sterling Brown. Yeah, yeah. He delivers it. How tall? Witnesses say eleven feet. It's pretty fucking tall. Okay. Fuck that nigga up. Sir. No. <laughs> yes. Like, yes. It's great. I kind of I kind of like took a double take. I was like, did they really just like drop the N-word? Like was this improv, oh, and, you know? <laughs> and and then like the the dude's like, "What?" and he's like, "Oh, nothing." Nothing. Like, yeah, absolutely. Um, um speak, speaking of which, another good thing, Sterling Brown's death in this movie. He has the um the shoulder gauntlet on. Yes. The shoulder like, gauntlet sideways. blows his own head off. That is yeah. great. I'm yeah. like, that's what I'm saying. I think the Shane Black sensibilities are there. I think that this movie is so muddled that they don't come through in a way that, you know, because like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and the Nice Guys, those are hilariously dark movies, you know? Oh, yeah. This movie had the chance to be that, but isn't, unfortunately. Well, I mean, even even uh, between Sterling Brown and, and Guy McFace, uh, like there's the line where he's just like, we're still going to dance after this. And, and <laughs> Sterling Brown says, I already got my shoes picked out. Yes. Like like th- there's some like there's some good moments uh, back and forth, you know, and, and some good badass moments where like we should be like, oh, yeah, like the main character or Nebraska or whoever is like, oh, man, like they're actually kind of badass. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't carry the movie, though. No, no, not not at all. And and I think this is the time to bring it up. Um, I don't know how much research you did into this, Ben, but this this is a 2018 movie. Um, there's a slew. We're late to the party. We're doing it because you know Ben and I have this weird affection for Shane Black. He has a small filmography. He's a great writer when he wants to be. It seems. Um, he he's basically the reason that Robert Downey Jr. is a thing. You know, with Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, as we talked about on Patreon. This movie. It is factual. This is an actual thing that you can read about. Was reshot to death. Shane oh. Black made this movie, and the studio got cold feet and made him reshoot, I think, somewhere between 60 to 75% of it. Oh, my God. So this movie is it is a Shane Black movie. He's still credited as the director, of course, and the writer. But you can read a lot of stuff on the internet about how barely anything in this movie is what he originally wanted it to be. So we do have to give some credit to Shane Black for trying to make this movie that we've kind of just been shelling out in the last, you know, like 10 minutes or whatever. But the studio really, you know, strong strong-armed him in this case. Um, there's some examples that I want to throw out. I think specifically, 
Olivia Munn becomes part of the team of the ragtag group of soldiers. She is not in the scene when they go and talk to McKenna's wife at all. That's when I think she's off taking care of the kid or something like that. Maybe, no, it's, it's even before that. She's just in the RV for no reason, you know? Mm-hmm. That screams reshoots to me, is that they couldn't get Olivia Munn. They needed the scene. And that scene also comes across as very boilerplate and very, you know, stock, because that's the scene where, what, one of the other soldiers says, like, tell me about your husband. And she just rattles off his resume. Yeah. And it's like... Okay, you are literally an exposition machine right now. (laughs) She says something like 23 engagements and 13 confirmed kills. I'm like, God damn, like he he did not kill as many people as he should have, I think, (laughs) when I'm when I'm listening to this. I I don't know either, but that seems very low to me. (laughs) I'm pretty sure Pop Pop had 37 confirmed kills, so. Nice. But I mean, I mean, did you get that sense? I I know maybe you didn't know in the moment when you were watching this movie that there were so many reshoots, but a lot of this movie does seem like canned, almost like studio editing. Uh, Well, I mean, now you pointed out like Olivia Munn not being there, that does scream reshoot. I'm I'm curious, like I would actually be interested in watching the original cut. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Um, yeah, release the Shane Black cut. I'm sure it'd be a lot better. My 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 question, I'm with you. I think it would be a lot better because I think it would let Shane Black, you know, be Shane Black. I mean, you know, right. the the two movies of his uh, that are him unadulterated are Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and The Nice Guys. And those movies are, right. like I said, darkly hilarious, you know? I mean, Ben, uh, not to spoil anything, everybody should go check out the Patreon, but that scene in The Nice Guys in what the first 15 minutes when Ryan Gosling tries to punch out the window and ends up slicing his wrist open oh, and yeah. has to go to the hospital. That's, that's it's like, time. this is so subversive and so fucking funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why isn't this movie as subversive and funny? And I think is because the, um, the studio seeing the predator as this big franchise, this, this IP that they want to control. They didn't let Shane black do that thing where he's able to do that on these one-offs like kiss, kiss, bang, bang. And the nice guys do, is, is there any kind of like, formal word or or just any kind of like even um anecdotal evidence or any anecdotal stories about like what was removed or what was reshot maybe not that i could find i didn't do like the biggest dive into um stuff like that i think shane black of course after iron man 3 he was you know trying to stay in good graces of the studio system so i think when this movie was coming out he didn't have like a lot of negative things to say. It'd be interesting to see if he if he ever gets to make another movie again, what he would say about this. I think he was very much, you know, uh, playing ball with the studios when this movie was sure. doing press and stuff like that. Well, that's upsetting. I, I would love... Yeah. I, I, now that you mention it, like, this movie, the, the fact that it feels so discombobulated very much could be a, a, because of reshoots. Oh, like, I, yeah, I, I, I honestly feel that way. Absolutely. Yeah. If they're just like cutting things out and putting things in, it's like, well, that you're going to get a jumbled mess at the end of it. And that's what this movie comes across as. So, yeah, I mean, I'm very, very much interested in in what the original version was supposed to be. Oh, ab- absolutely. I mean, I think the the one scene that really like screams Shane Black to me in this movie, as we're, of course, talking about Shane Black is um when Olivia Munn wakes up in the um she wakes up in the bed and all the guys are just standing around her and they all like mm-hmm. they all like post up and they're like mm, we got to be proper you know that type of thing and then Olivia Munn grabs the shotgun and Keegan Michael Key is like pay up 10 bucks everybody i told you she was going to grab it you know and i i think that's the one of the more fascinating moments in the movie because 
you're doing something with like the male to female dynamic. You're doing something with, you know, this jokey, subversive nature of these Mm -hmm. guys being like, oh, well, you know, we want her on the team, but she's not going to like us at first. I I think that's the only moment where something fascinating is happening. Everything else to me, like when you get the super predator, when you get the predator dogs, that all screams to me is like, oh, the studio said we need action. We need moments. You know, we need a trailer type of thing. Yeah, uh, I'm totally with you about like the super predator and predator dogs, especially those are those are things that it, that it seems like a studio would put in there just to make like a bigger deal, a bigger right? splash. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I think very much in that same scene with Olivia Munn waking up and they're like putting a bunch of like stuff on the bed with her. They're like, and somebody asked him like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "I'm trying to make her comfortable." Yeah, <laughs> he's just like he's, like putting like a bunch of like garbage and stuff with like he's like turns some foil into a unicorn and and uh i don't know puts like some like vending machine chips or something with their ends i'm trying to make her comfortable that's some funny shit that's the thing i think that upsets me so much about this movie i mean as we're talking about all these shane black movies you know after seeing him I think Iron Man 3, a little less so, because that's in the Marvel machine. But, like, Kiss Kiss Bang and the Nice Guys, you can see that he is an auteur. He has ideas, you know? And to mm-hmm. see him so neutered in this movie, and it being such as, like, a Hollywood, you know, popcorn crunch machine, is just upsetting. I would be I would be better if this was a really good movie or a really bad movie. I mean, this just being something that it's, like, clearly the studio interfered with, that's deeply upsetting to me. Sure. Yeah, I mean, and, and if we got to see what Shane Black wanted to do, whether it was successful or not, we could at least hopefully look at him like, yes, this this feels like Shane Black. Exactly, because th- yeah. that's something this movie does not feel like Shane Black. It doesn't feel like anything at all like any of the other three movies we've seen. Before. Right. Yeah. And I, I, I'm glad you can agree with me on that. You know, after watching all the other three is that even Iron Man three, he, he got his he got his voice in there. I mean, we talked yeah. about it on Patreon, but the idea that. Iron Man is not in his suit for like 50% of that movie. That's incredible. That's interesting. I mean, the whole thing with the Mandarin not being the Mandarin type of thing, you know? Right. Like, he yeah. got his voice in there. And here it was like they just stripped everything away. And it was like, no. You, I mean, the better version of this movie, if maybe it's in the Shane Black cut, is that the Predator is maybe not even a real Predator. Maybe the idea of the Predator versus the Super Predator is something that a studio, you know, wanted or the studio Fox wanted or something like that. I would have loved to see Shane Black be like, oh, the Predator in this movie that comes to Earth is like, is the autistic Predator. You know what I mean? Right, <laughs> like, right, right. Yeah, it's, it's... it's the dumb version of a Predator that can't do anything right. And he just got sent to Earth because Earth is dumb or something like that. <laughs> right, yeah, that that would be interesting. I mean, even having it where, like, it was something that stole a predator ship and you know the thing that was chasing it is an actual predator who knows that it like stole a predator ship you know like that could have been interesting make it something like the um like the invader zim motif i don't know if i don't know when the last time you saw invader zim was ben but the the premise of invader zim is that zim is like the stupid version of his species that gets sent right. to earth you know yeah, like yeah. why not do something like that with this movie like oh the predator that gets sent to earth who's chasing this autistic kid does not know what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, and they. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it could, it could have gone a bunch of different ways, and it could have had Shane Black's influence more, more heavily involved in. I a- think absolutely, and th- that's all I want. You know, I don't. 
this movie's bad for the reasons I've explained. I just want if if you have a creative force, someone as strong as Shane Black, I think, and you neuter him in the way that they neutered this movie and reshot it, and it comes across as just like a trailer. Um, uh, that that's deeply upsetting to me. It 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 really reminded me of um, Suicide Squad. Did you see that, the Will Smith one with J- Jared Leto as the Joker? Um, where like every character has seven introductions and the whole movie's a trailer, basically. <laughs> Yes, I I did watch it. Um, it's that's that's a rough movie. Yeah, th- this came across to me the same way, where it was just like, oh, you know, here's another big action set piece. Here's another moment that we can put in the trailer. Like the Predator dogs really made me think that way. It, it's just it's just very upsetting. Like I just want people to get to create. That's all I want. Sure. Yeah. Unfettered creativity. I, like like I said earlier, you know, it, it could go good. It could go bad. Sure. But when it goes good, it's going to be better than what the studio wants. And when it goes bad, it's probably going to be worse than what the studio produces. <laughs> so, I mean, at least we'll have something to talk about uh, as opposed to just being like, it's, exactly, it's like exactly. canned um, stock footage. The other thing I want to talk about is that, um, you know, reshoots or not, I really don't know. Because, like I said, there's no real, like, specific information about this. Um, our entire group of ragtag soldiers basically die. They all die at the end. You know? Yeah, everyone except McKenna. Yeah, yeah one of them, I, I think Nebraska, right, on the ship, jumps into a turbine purposefully. <laughs> oh, that that I actually thought was pretty neat because he was going to die either way. He was falling yes, off of the yes. ship, and he like he saw a way to fuck up the ship on his way out. I thought that was pretty cool. But what uh, uh, Tom Thomas Jane and Keegan Muckle Key, they they both die. They have like this weird camaraderie at the end where what one of them's like, we'll stay behind, and Keegan Muckle Key is like, we, we will? Okay, I guess, you know, and then they end yeah. up getting cut in half or something like that, you know? Yeah, well, one of them's impaled on a tree, the other one's, like, disemboweled, and then they, like, shoot each other yes. on, their, on their way out. Yeah, that's right, that's right. But but I, I find it, that's one of the other things I think that bleeds through. That's a very Shane Black thing, that all these people end up dying, you know? Well, and, and that their camaraderie apparently has something to do with the fact that Keegan-Michael Key was responsible for, like, blowing up the vehicle that... Bexley was in when he was like injured. They do mention something the about that, right? Yeah, 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 something like that. I think so, when they mention it, I'm just so glazed over at that point, you know. <laughs> fair enough, but yeah, I definitely, uh, definitely found some kind of, I don't know, I found that kind of interesting the camaraderie that they that they had because, like, instead of instead of going the route of like I fucking hate you, you murdered everyone, he was like, you know, this was a terrible thing that happened to both of us, yeah. kind of thing. Once again. I think if if let uh, to his own devices or, you know, had a little less studio interference, that's a Shane Black hallmark. Like, Shane Black, all his movies, you know, think of Val Kilmer and Robert Downey Jr., uh, Big Gay Perry and Robert Downey Jr. in uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling in The Nice Guys. It's two, it's two people that really just seem to hate each other, but when they need to, they come together type of thing. Mm-hmm. Like that's one of the things he writes best and let that shine through and it does not get the chance to shine through in this movie and when Keegan Michael Key and Thomas Jane come together in this last few moments I'm like where was this the whole fucking movie like let let the wholesomeness shine through <laughs> Right it's a bummer or were there any other moments I I this is kind of the thing I I think that uh you said it very well last week maybe 2 weeks ago Ben 
um, is that we should uh, not finish up our our thoughts on a director or anything on the main feed. We should start them and then finish them on Patreon because one that gets people interested in listening to our Patreon more. But I feel really upset that this is the Shane Black we're ending on. <laughs> yeah, it's a maybe bummer. we should. Maybe as a uh, maybe a response to that, we should actually just uh, go watch all the Shane Black movies again and do, <laughs> do a, a Patreon episode. Rest about. of the month, we just do the other... Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, absolutely. Um, I mean, we could do the movies he's written. So, like, Hunt for Red October, Lethal Weapon, you know, stuff like that. Like, A Long Kiss Goodnight, you know. He does... Sure. We've we finished his directorial efforts, but it's kind of a bummer because, I mean, we haven't been going for that long. We're basically a little over an hour. And it's like, there's nothing else to say about this movie. It's so... It's so upsetting to me, Ben. <laughs> right. Um, but did you have any other moments or any other uh, dynamics that you want to talk about with this movie? Or, um, I mean, we could also probably fill some time just talking about Shane Black in general. And uh, he hasn't made a movie for four years. Um, I think that, you know, him getting so strong-armed and having to do reshoots by Fox, by the studio, which is now Disney, of course. Mm-hmm. I Who knows if he's ever going to get to make another movie again? You know, that's the that's the other bummer. Is that he's he is basically one of those directors who's like a one for me, one for them. So he makes Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which was one for him, like that was his passion project type of thing. Goes on and gets makes Iron Man three because Robert Downey Jr. you know basically says, oh Shane Black, you know he's he's a guy, he's helped me out, I want to help him out. Comes back with the nice guys. I don't think I've ever heard one bad thing about the nice guys. Everybody loves that movie. It seems. Right, so I mean, it's a great movie. Then he makes this, and he gets strong on Brother Studio. I think that this might—I hate to say it—this might be it. If if he does not get somebody in his corner, like say you know Jordan Peele did with Henry Selleck, Shane Black might not ever get to direct a movie again, and that's a fucking shame—a Shane right. Black. <laughs> <laughs> Shane Black, yeah. It would be it would be horrible if we uh, if we don't get another another Shane Black movie. Um, we need him to. Come back with clearly, uh, he needs to make crime movies. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and Nice Guys are where he functions best. We need him to do stuff like that. I mean, Iron Man three I think was a fluke. He made it his own thing, which I'm very happy with. But it is still a Marvel movie, you know. Kevin Feige at the helm and stuff like that. This was like we said at the start, just a, a comeback to form because he wrote the original Predator. He's in the original Predator, that type of thing. Just just let him make crime movies. Hell, Ben, I know it's kind of like the worst form of director jail. Maybe the second worst other than never making a movie. Dude, I would watch if Shane Black announced like tomorrow that he's making a crime movie straight to Hulu. I would watch the shit out of it and I would be super excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same. Maybe he should, you know? Yeah, yeah. What I mean, I, I know you're not as... um. Not not to say this in a negative way, but you don't you know follow the trades and and read all these you know Hollywood insider stories like I do because I'm a nerd about the movie business. That's what um Anish Shiganti and Chev uh, uh, Sevohanian did after they made Searching, which was a theatrical movie. They made Run. Run went straight to Hulu, and mm-hmm. Run's one of the best movies we've ever fucking seen. So like Shane Black, do that if that's the avenue that you're going to be allowed to go into. Just do it. We want to see you make another movie. <laughs> 
Yeah. Henry Selleck did it with Netflix after he got strong. He got strong armed by. This is actually really interesting. Henry Selleck got strong armed by Disney. Remember they? We talked about it. They canceled two of his movies. They Disney wrote off eighty million dollars because they were yeah, like, yeah. oh, you, you like our sensibilities don't match. And well, fuck yourself, Disney. Um, Shane Black seems to be the same thing. I mean, who else would let Shane Black make a movie? Not Disney. Disney's too like clean cut, you know, to make a crime noir that Shane Black wants to make or something like that. Yeah. I think it could happen. I think it would be uh, kind of an amazing thing if it did, uh, you know, Shane Black producing anything else, you know, mm-hmm. on Netflix or Hulu or wherever. I don't know if we should expect it, though. Um, yeah. And But I would love to see, like, Shane Black and Ice Harvest. Like, Ooh, make, make sure. a movie like Ice Harvest. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A, uh, a crime caper with a good level of comedy. That's that's his wheelhouse for sure. Mm-hmm. Dark comedy, of course. Right. I wonder. I mean, he got Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling. Like when the Nice Guys came out in what 2016, Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling are big names. Like he got to work with them. Now, now that RDJ isn't doing Iron Man anymore, wouldn't that be cool to see him oh, and RDJ yeah. together? Of course. What else? Well, and that that would be actually now that you mentioned it, RDJ might be the the guy who can bring Shane Black back. He's he's the one who has the star power because. Yeah. I, I would imagine that, I mean, what, Robert Downey Jr. did do little after uh, Avengers Endgame or whatever the fuck it was, you know, and, and nobody liked that. If RDJ was like, hey, I have, an, I have a script, maybe not a script he wrote, but he like he found a script and he goes to Shane Black and he's like, this is the guy I want to make this movie. Someone would finance that like a Hulu, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Who yeah, would no jump question. at the 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 chance to be like you know oh my god Robert Downey Jr. wants to make a movie that we can say is exclusively on Hulu, that right. would be great. Yeah, so I mean get get RDJ get an Ice Harvest like story and uh, you know Ice Harvest or Nice Guys or or Kiss Kiss Bang like Bang Bang like story yeah, and yeah. put them back together. I mean give us a Kiss Kiss Bang Bang sequel for for fuck's sake like. <laughs> Give us something way later in, in Harry's life. <laughs> I just want to hear Robert Downey Jr. say, you slept with Chuck Chutney? <laughs> I want to hear him say that again in a movie. <laughs> you said you wouldn't. Before we do this, mm-hmm. I have a little confession to make. Mm-hmm. My hey, best friend! Look, God, you it. said you were just going to drop by his house. You were going to wave oh, goodbye. Geez. Some way. I was leaving for LA, Harry. I was never going to see him. He looked sad. He looked sad? Yes, he did. You slept with Chuck Chutney. Oh, fuck, for Christ's sake, Harry. What? It was forever ago. Come you, on, I was a different person you, back then. Yeah, you slept with Chuck Chutney. Excuse me. Harry, come on. Do you want your hand? I'm Harry. You slept with Chuck uh, Chutney? <laughs> yeah, that, that would do it. That would be the way to get him back. Hey, kids. We did not know this at the time of recording this episode, but it turns out that Shane Black is in pre-production on a movie tentatively called Play Dirty, which is going to star Robert Downey Jr., we can only hope something good comes of that. I mean, I don't know. Maybe also, uh, what's Harry Lockhart? What's his? Oh, Val Kilmer? Val Kilmer. Well, unfortunately, Val Kilmer has throat cancer and can't really speak anymore in real life. Um, uh, that's why he's not in movies at all anymore, which is a bummer because I l- think Val Kilmer is a great actor. Uh, notoriously one of the most difficult people to work with. <laughs> oh. Apparently he is a huge asshole. <laughs> oh, that's because he's knee-deep in pussy all the time. <sighs> that's why they call me Big Gay Perry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ben, okay, so we've, we've uh, mused enough about Shane Black. It, it's a bummer. Um, 
He's he's one of my favorite directors. Even though he's only made four movies, I I, I think this is where I want to go, Ben. Before we get to our questions, uh, we should do because we're finishing it up on this main feed episode. Our rankings of the Shane Black movies. There's only four, so it's easy, you know. Um, it's like Henry Selick. There's only four now. Five, thankfully. Uh, Wendell and Wild. Hey, if Henry Selick was able to make another movie, Shane Black can make another movie. <laughs> and I'm still holding out hope that Paul Bartel will make another movie, even though he died like 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Ben, I actually want to throw it over to you. I know I'm putting you on the spot, even though I think you should have expected this. Um, go from uh, go from bottom to top. There's four Shane Black movies. How do you rank them? Easy bottom, Predator. Okay. Next two are tough. Iron Man and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. They're competing for that second and third spot. Okay, okay. Uh, And then Nice Guys at the top. I think that I am in full agreement with you. Um, You know, uh, number four, uh, probably actually, let me say, number 50, uh, The Predator. Um, (laughs) Then there's a lot of blanks. I mean, you know. (laughs) There's just a lot of empty space. Like, there's miles between number three, Iron Man 3. Even though Iron Man 3, everybody go check out our Patreon. That's one of the few times I saw a Marvel movie, and I was like, Ben, this is pretty good. Like, have I been sleeping on Iron Man 3, you know? Mm. Number two, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Number one, The Nice Guys. The Nice Guys, even though, if, Ben, you remember our conversation back on Patreon, I really dislike the uh, the daughter character. Right, the movie yeah, yeah. still succeeds, like uh, in 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 lieu of that, I should say. Um, Absolutely, that movie is so fucking funny. That movie is so dark. Um, Russell Crowe beating up the uh, the pedophile, the weed dealer at the beginning, who's like sleeping with like a fifteen year old girl, is one of the best scenes ever. I think. <laughs> <laughs> and and Ryan Gosling, I've never seen Ryan Gosling do what he's done in a movie other than that one. Like, Ryan Gosling, you know, you think of Drive, you know, Nicholas Winding reference Drive, where he's, like, really reserved and stoic and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Ryan Gosling is such a goofy goober in The Nice Guys. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, it's great. Um, it, it is someone, uh, something everybody should check out. If you haven't seen The Nice Guys, um, I think it's on Netflix, if I remember correctly. I think I got, like, an email from Netflix, maybe, like, a year ago and it was like the nice guy is coming to Netflix and I was like I've seen that movie <laughs> that's uh that's great if it's on Netflix I'll probably watch it again yeah you know, it's, it's it's really good um do you do you remember the whole gag in the nice guys of uh the assassin being called John boy and, oh yeah and there's the there's the part where like the little the the daughter's friend says something like the she gets the phone call at the house and it's like he said that John boy is coming from the Waltons? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the movie is uh, I still, very funny. I still think my favorite thing from that movie is when Ryan Gosling is just like, I'm fucking invincible. That's the only explanation. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that movie has so much to do with coincidence, as we talked about in our Patreon episode. Like, everything good or bad happens to our characters by coincidence and is fascinating. <laughs> yeah. um, Shane Black, great, great artistic mind great director great writer um maybe that's the thing uh i know we have ben stiller to cover on the uh on the patreon as well uh because we've done the cable guy um we have to cover his other few movies but uh i mean maybe we should check out some of the shane black written stuff because we're out of his directed stuff and and this one's a bummer to leave it on i mean the <laughs> absolutely movie, predator sucks <laughs> yeah it's, it's real bad so. it's not a fucking exoskeleton if it's under your skin 
God damn it. <laughs> um, this is maybe the definition of a turn your brain off movie. Oh, oh, yeah. And not even like voluntarily like this no movie it turns involuntarily yeah. turned my brain off yeah that's a good point yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is, but that was something was like as i was watching it there were times where i was like am i still paying attention like <laughs> yeah i think it's i think it's when uh w- one of our characters says olivia munn you're a lady take care of my child and i'm like right. okay i'm done <laughs> <laughs> actually probably predator dogs that's when i was just like yeah okay. predator dogs are okay like bad. i Whenever we watch these movies and I'm taking my notes, you know, I'm usually sitting upright on my couch, of course, with my laptop, you know, on my lap because it's a laptop. I, I think the Predator Dogs, I was like, okay, I can I can lay down for this, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining you being like, there's a laptop on his head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Discombobulated as fuck. Well, Ben, if there is uh, nothing else that you had for this episode, any other moments or any other Shane Black thoughts you had, are you ready for our uh, questions? I suppose so. Okay. Uh, it's a shorter episode, which I'm thankful for. I mean, I'm always thankful for easier editing. But uh, Cinemodities and Late Night. Cinemodities, I actually kind of want to say yes, because this movie is such a discombobulated mess. Um, this is quite possibly the textbook definition studio interference and reshoots and just a failing of a movie so i think it is odd for that sense uh late night absolutely not i never want to watch this again and i would never subject anybody to this (laughs) what do you think for cinemas in late night um i am probably gonna have to fall in line on this one uh i it is odd it's a very weird thing that i had to (laughs) sit through uh, and I'm not going to ever make anyone else sit through it. Fair, fair. Um, <laughs> I I couldn't bring myself to do that to someone. Okay, okay, we're in agreement. right on. Um, mm. Oh, before we get to snacks, another moment that uh, this is going to lead into snacks, one of the snacks I had. Um, very early on in this movie, our main character, uh, Guy McKenna McFace, whatever the fuck we're calling him, he strong arms, what, a Brazilian bartender into mailing alien technology to his home? Uh, to a P.O. box. To a P.O. box, but oh, that, which goes that, to then, his son somehow. That then the the P.O. box runs out of funding and they take it to his kid. Yes. Like that yes. was that was really dumb. Okay. I don't So I don't know I don't think it says in the movie if he mailed it through like USPS or UPS or FedEx. I don't think it matters. Like independent carriers like a FedEx or or a UPS or something. Don't they check the stuff that they're sending? No. Like, wouldn't, wouldn't, you, you have to, okay, you have to be picking up what I'm putting down here, Ben. There's no way that you could send alien technology through the mail and just it have it go completely unnoticed, right? Customs is the only place where it would be. Uh, Which scrutinized. it should go through because he's sending it from a different country. That right? I agree with, but FedEx isn't going to do shit. Uh, it's it's you're, just okay, customs. You're probably right. You're probably right about that. FedEx don't give two fucks. <laughs> no, FedEx is like if you say it's not explosive, we trust you, and if it explodes, it's your fault. Like, um, if you say it's not explosive, it's your fault. I like that. <laughs> so no, so you know FedEx isn't going to do do shit about that. UPS isn't. USPS might randomly screen some packages, but no, the the customs is going to have to catch it. That's that's all it comes down to. Okay. And and as far as customs is concerned, that might just be like a fancy metal mask. Ooh, oh, well, okay, that's fair. I guess I was thinking that there has to be like some, 
this was me giving giving the movie too much credit. This was very early on, so before I glazed over and turned my brain off, or I was forced to turn my brain off, I was like, wouldn't this shit be like radioactive? Like, wouldn't it, oh. wouldn't it trigger some type of alarm as you were mailing it between countries? I, I found that very unbelievable, Ben. And then I learned that I should not care because the movie does not care. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but anyway, in that opening scene, this leads me to my first snack. Uh, Guy McKenna McFace, whatever we're calling him, like I said, um, he swallows a big metal ball in Don Julio whiskey. <laughs> Uh, or tequila or whatever it is um the don julio product placement is so strong there is a direct shot of the label of that bottle of liquor (laughs) (laughs) um but i i I think that um we should have a uh, a metal ball shot or something like that you know you can order a shot and it comes with this big metal ball and you just gotta like take it like a champ what do you think it's pretty solid i mean i think that there should be like a Two or three percent chance that it's lead, so it just gives you lead poisoning <laughs> when you when you take it. I like that. Yeah, just just a lead marvel type of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, continuing on from also early in the movie, um, a nice big juicy ass burger. <laughs> oh, the ass of what animal? Or are we actually gonna cut up people with autism and feed them to? Strangers. We could we could do either. Um, I'm actually realizing, even though I said it a few times in this episode, um, that's a South Park gag. Remember? Do you remember the South Park episode where Cartman learns about Aspergers and he thinks it's literally like you have cheeseburgers in your pants? Oh yeah. And yeah. So <laughs> now I'm thinking that if somebody orders a nice big juicy ass burger, the waiter just pulls out like a wrapped McDonald's cheeseburger. from from his underwear or something like that yeah straight up straight up out of his pants i'm I'm pretty on board with that um have you heard the uh this is a total tangent but uh, have you heard the joke Uh, i've only seen it a few times on the internet it should actually be more out there it'll just be like a static shot like an image not a video of like a bite taken out of mcdonald's cheeseburger but while it's still in the wrapper and (laughs) and and the and the, the caption on the picture will be do you eat your cheeseburgers with or without the skin? <laughs> <laughs> Solid. Very Maybe funny. Maybe I have seen this. Very skin, funny. Um, yeah. uh, do you eat your Asperger's with or without the skin, Ben? <laughs> I, you know, I've never had to think about it. I always eat it without the skin. That's fair. That's fair. I didn't eat. Well, some burgers don't even come with skins. They come in this like weird box thing. Sure. Sure. As I'm getting older, you know, I, I don't, they, don't, they take the skins off for me. You know. <laughs> They are better restaurants than ours. <laughs> um, I have written down, uh, because I'm pretty sure in the uh, scene where they go to visit McKenna's wife, uh, which Olivia Munn is just vacant from, the l- British guy, I think he's British, he might be like Scottish or something, one of the ragtag group of soldiers with the accent, he's mm. just eating pickles out of a jar. And I'm pretty sure the wife says something like, you know, why are you raiding my fridge or something like that? Oh, um, yeah. So just pickles, because pickles are good. Pickles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you got? I got one snack left, but it's it's very obscure. What do you have for the restaurant, Ben? Uh, I think we should have compromising situations and, with fake weapons that people can – so, like, we can just see if their response is to grab the weapon or not. Okay. When you say fake, so, do you mean, like, unloaded or just, like, unloaded, truly Unloaded, unloaded. Yeah. Like, I mean, it could be an unloaded gun. It could be, a, like, a plastic knife. Sure. You know, I, I was about whatever. to say, is it one of those knives that, you know, like – uh, tracks. tracks in on itself yeah absolutely absolutely <laughs> um yeah so like we just trank random customers and then we do like a betting pool 
on how they'll react when they wake up. Speaking of the Trank gun, isn't there a line in this movie? I don't think I wrote it down, but now you, you when you said it, you're like, doesn't someone say, you're going to tr- kill us with a Trank gun? And the guy says, you took my boy, so yeah. And it's like, yeah. like your anger at this man does not is not going to make the Trank gun more lethal. <laughs> like, what does that well, line he, even mean? <laughs> well, he does shoot him in, the, like, one of the guys in the eye, which... That's right. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's coming back Presumably to me Presumably would make that a brain brain shot, but... Um, <laughs> movie's so stupid. <laughs> uh, I think I think we need to have uh, exoskeletons. <laughs> like, real exoskeletons. Not, not, not endoskeletons that are called exoskeletons? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so people can see what exoskeletons are. Just like a, you know, a, a little learning exhibit thing. It's like we'll have some, like, beetles and stuff. Oh, like, sure, these... sure. Like, when you go to a museum and you see, like, you know, the parts of the body type of thing. Yeah, exactly. It's like, this is, okay, class, this is what an exoskeleton actually is. And uh, in the the TV that, you know, you can hit the button to play, uh, like, a small clip of this movie, and it goes, this is what an exoskeleton isn't, you know? <laughs> That's right. Okay. That's right. I dig um, it. I dig it. We should also uh, just hire some staff to run around with... Uh, and we'll have to hire children also, which kind of sucks because they're difficult to work with. But we get them to like run around and pretend that they're in firefight situations, and they just like the the male that's you know staff member that's with the child goes up to random women and is like, "Take care of my child." <laughs> you're a woman. You're a babysitter, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So like that's just you know like a kind of a random experience you might get to have while you're in the uh, in the restaurant. I dig it. I mean, uh, that's uh, one of the things, you know, uh, women in my life, you know, I think women in your life as well, they always talk about the fact that there are just uh, times when um, men come up to them and force children on them, you know? It's, it's just, it just happens. It's a bummer. <laughs> it's part of life. I mean, that's, that's it's a the duty. part of life. <laughs> that's the duty you sign up for when you select your gender at uh, conception. Absolutely. When you select your gender. <laughs> That's right. Um, the last snack that I had, speaking of Olivia Munn, uh, I think it has something to do with the Predator dogs. Um, she says she wants a goddamn sample. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so just a goddamn sample. I don't know what that means, but on the menu we should have an item that's just called a goddamn sample. <laughs> uh, I, I believe that the end result of that is she gets part of a scarf that has alien blood on it. Yes, something um, so, like that. So maybe maybe we do something like that with... Uh... The goddamn sample. The goddamn sample. Um, okay. Well, uh, if you have another snack, Ben, uh, we did it. This movie is deplorable. <laughs> it might even be the whole basket. I really dislike this movie, and it's a bummer that uh, I I remember I've I had seen this before uh, watching it for this recording. I mean, you know, I'd seen it, you know, maybe three years ago or whatever. I do not remember disliking it this much. I think you said something along the lines earlier about that, you know? Yeah, I yeah. saw it in theaters, uh, and I Ooh, okay. thought it was okay, maybe even fun. Uh, and then I watched it again, and I was like, I don't I don't know what state I was in at that time. <laughs> because this is not the same movie it can be, yeah, you know? Yeah, um, I, guess, I guess then, uh, since the movie does it, uh, the, the movie kind of has a post credit scene where they get the Predator Killer suit. Am I remembering this correctly? Is that is that supposed to be post credits? I don't really remember. I don't know if it is exactly post credits, but it's definitely like the epilogue of the movie. Yeah, yeah. The the it like it like attaches itself to a scientist, and he's like, "No, help me, get me out!" And then it like, <laughs> and then it 
falls off of him. Yes. And it just looks like a metal predator. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Fucking stupid. I also, I just found in my notes, uh, I want to mention this, uh, very early on in the movie, it shows the marquee outside of, I think, Jacob Tremblay's school in the establishing shot, and it says, Halloween Haunt, 1030, Welcome Parents and STDs for students. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That stood out to me. I was like, no, no. I was like, did Bart Simpson fuck with this sign to make it say STDs, you know? I saw that too. (laughs) Well, Ben, with all that being said, we did our questions. We did all that stuff. Um, if uh, anybody out there in the audience, um, if you uh, liked hearing Ben and I talk, not about this movie, uh, but just in general, you can listen to uh, our episodes on the other three Shane Black movies that are over on Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com slash Um They're spread out. I mean, God. Jesus Christ, we did Kiss Kiss Bang Bang like a year and a half ago or something, right? <laughs> oh, it was very early. Yeah, 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 that was one of the movies where you were like, I really want to talk about this movie. And I was like, I don't think I like it, and ended up really liking it, you know? <laughs> yeah. uh, Big Gay Perry. But yeah, you can find all those, so Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Iron Man 3, and uh, The Nice Guys over on Patreon, along with a whole slew of other episodes and discussions and stuff like that. Ben, anything you want to say about the Patreon? It's a good time. We appreciate the support, and it is a good we'll, time. <laughs> we'll appreciate it even more if you pay us even more. So yes, you can make requests. Uh, yeah. Cable yeah, guy. Speaking can... of which, was a request from one of our fans that uh, ended up being a very uh, interesting movie and discussion. Absolutely, um, you can actually. It's it's I don't I don't know right is it is it like a direct relationship or is it like an exponential relationship like the more money they pay the more we appreciate it. <laughs> I think it might be exponential. <laughs> there you go. Look at that. Um, actually, well, maybe it. Maybe it's, the two things are conflated um, because we will greatly appreciate the money you give us. But if you pick good movies, we're gonna love you even more. You know, that's totally true. <laughs> totally pick good movies. Um, I mean, you know, there or at is least a movies thing, that are fun to talk about. Like Joseph Michael. He's given us a good bit of money. He's a big supporter of ours, but he hasn't picked the greatest movies. I mean, <laughs> Artemis Fowl, oh God, you know. <laughs> but he's that dude's a genius or a super spy or something, whatever the fuck he calls himself. Um, are you talking about Artemis Fowl? Did is he yeah. smart? Yeah, I think so. Uh, do you know that because he's smart or because the movie told you? <laughs> because the movie told me. I think that's a running joke in that episode. That came out a long time. I have not listened to that. I will never. That. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually yeah. laughing now. I remember. I'm pretty sure in the Artemis Fowl episode, I say, I go, Ben, it's a bad sign when Josh Gad is the best part about your movie. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You did say that. Oh, man. But yes, everybody come check out the Patreon. Um, you know, you can support the podcast, get access to even more episodes. We do three episodes a month. Um, we go through Adventure Time, every episode in order in a row. We're on season three now of Adventure Time. Uh, that's really cool. Uh, so, Ben, then, uh, if, um, uh, of course, harass us at uh, cinemodies at gmail.com if you want to yell at us about uh, The Predator or how stupid this movie is or anything like that. Um, ben, any final thoughts from you? Can I have that time back? <laughs> hey, hey, this wasn't, this wasn't like a three-hour episode. No, anything, not, so. not, not from the episode, from the movie. Oh, from the movie? Sorry. Oh, I mean. Yeah, sorry. No, I mean, we, we should probably start a petition. <laughs> we, we got to sell broom chocolates to try to get that time back. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is that going to be a new rating for movies? This is like a, a thirteen broom chocolate movie. Now, Eileen, what do you think about when you think about brooms? I don't know. 
Witches. Witches, witches. witches. witches, exactly. The broom shakalaka is like magic. Which is exactly what you'll be saying when you see how it handles oh. interior decorating. Oh. Oh. Now, if you'll just follow me over here. Come on, Danny. No, no, we're done. We're going to the hospital. Come on. No, no, Let's I need go. to sell 2,550 brooms. Why? What's so important about that number? The average American life expectancy is 77 years, 0.97. That's 11,220 days. I need to sell 2,550 brooms. That's the equivalent of one life. That's the equivalent of my little, my little daughter's life. Little Jenny Baffa. She was 12 years old when she died. She was decapitated. Holy Not by the broom shakalaka. Mm, okay. By jihadists. Mm-hmm. Those were her ashes you spread earlier. Gross. My little Jenny. Come on, Jenny. Come on. Yeah, yeah, come on, Danny, let's go. Let's come go. on, you said the broom shakalak is really great for interior decorating? Yes. Eileen? Yes, it's got a paint roller, a stud finder, a decoupage smoother. Oh, stud finder? I wish I had one of those at the bar last night. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? I'm saving a life. Not his. Well, obviously, yeah. An 11 minute segment is infinitely better than the Predator. Broom Shakalaka yeah. is infinitely better than the Predator. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I guess then the uh, the only question becomes, which I have to say I don't really have a good answer to, how do we end this episode? What are we going to play in reverse? I mean, is there any music in this movie? I mean, um... what do we do, right? <laughs> I have nothing written down. I was not, I was not prepared for this part. <laughs> Something about Asperger's? Oh. <laughs> Opening credits music, I mean, that's usually, like, the easy go-to. Was there even opening credits music? I, I don't know. Is, wasn't, the, wasn't the opening credits, like, a ship crashing or something like that? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> do the ship crashing sound backwards. Let's do that. Okay, that's easy. I like that. Well, everybody, sorry, Shane Black, that we had to end this way for you. And uh, sorry you had to end this way. Uh, but we want you to make another movie, you know? Make make the nicer guys. I was about to say nice guys too. It'd be oh, called the nicer guys, right? Definitely make about, nicer guys, and then make nicer guys too. What about the nice girls? The sequel with oh, gender swapped. That, what do you think about? Wasn't that? Wasn't that supposed to be a TV show? That was. I think we actually talked about that a little bit. Uh, we sh- we should uh, we we should get that going. Make it a movie. The nicer girls. The nice girls. <laughs> oh God, what a bummer. <laughs>